The sun had set. The great shadows came striding over the forest in the weird twilight of a late summer day. I saw the path ahead glide on among the mighty trees and disappear, and I shuddered and glanced fearfully over my shoulder. Miles behind lay the nearest village, miles ahead the next. I looked to left and to right as I strode on, and anon I looked behind me, and anon I stopped short, grasping my rapier as a breaking twig betokened the going of some small beast, or was it a beast? But the path led on, and I followed, because forsooth I had naught else to do. As I went I bethought me, my own thoughts will rout me, if I be not aware. What is there in this forest except perhaps the creatures that roam it, deer and the like? Tush, the foolish legend of those villagers. And so I went, and the twilight faded into dusk. Stars began to blink, and the leaves of the trees murmured in the faint breeze. And then I stopped short, my sword leaping to my hand, for just ahead, around a curve of the path, someone was singing. The words I could not distinguish, but the accent was strange, almost barbaric. I stepped behind a great tree, and the cold sweat beat through my forehead. Then the singer came in sight, a tall, thin man, vague in the twilight. I shrugged my shoulders, a man I did not fear. I sprang out, my point raised. Stand! He showed no surprise. I prithee handle thy blade with care, friend, he said. Somewhat ashamed, I lowered my sword. I am new to this forest, I quoth apologetically. I heard talk of bandits. I crave pardon. Where, where lies the road to Villafir? Corbleu, you've missed it, he answered. You should have branched off to the right some distance back. I'm going there myself. If you may abide my company, I will direct you. I hesitated. Yet why should I hesitate? Why, certainly. My name is de Montour of Normandy, and I am Carolus Le Loup. No, I started back. He looked at me in astonishment. Pardon, said I. The name is strange. Does not loop mean wolf? My family were always great hunters, he answered. He did not offer his hand. You will pardon my staring, said I, as we walked down the path, but I can hardly see your face in the dusk. I sensed that he was laughing, though he made no sound. It is little to look upon, he answered. I stepped closer, then leaped away, my hair bristling. A mask, I exclaimed. Why do you wear a mask, monsieur? It is a vow, he exclaimed. I'm fleeing a pack of hounds. I vowed that if I escaped, I would wear a mask for a certain time. Hounds, monsieur? Wolves, he answered quickly. I said wolves. We walked in silence for a while, and then my companion said, I'm surprised that you walk these woods by night. Few people come these ways, even in the day. I am in haste to reach the border, I answered. A treaty has been signed with the French, and the Duke of Burgundy should know of it. The people at the village sought to dissuade me. They spoke of a wolf that was purported to roam these woods. Here the path branches to Villaferre, said he, and I saw a narrow, crooked path that I had not seen when I passed it before. It led in amidst the darkness of the trees. I shuddered. You wish to return to the village? No, I exclaimed. No, no. Lead on. So narrow was the path that we walked, single file, he leading. I looked well at him. He was taller, much taller than I, and thin wiry he was dressed in a costume that smacked of spain a long rapier swung at his hip he walked with long easy strides noiselessly then he began to talk of travel and adventure 
He spoke of many lands and seas he had seen and many strange things. So we talked and went farther and farther into the forest. I presumed that he was French, yet he had a very strange accent that was neither French nor Spanish nor English, not like any language I had ever heard. Some words he slurred strangely, and some he could not pronounce at all. This path is often used, is it? I asked. Not by many, he answered and laughed silently. I shuddered. It was very dark, and the leaves whispered together among the branches. A fiend haunts this forest, I said. So the peasants say, he answered. But I have roamed it oft and have never seen his face. Then he began to speak of strange creatures of darkness, and the moon rose, and shadows glided among the trees. He looked up at the moon. Haste, said he. We must reach our destination before the moon reaches her zenith. We hurried along the trail. They say, said I, that a werewolf haunts these woodlands. It might be, said he, and we argued much upon the subject. The old women say, said he, that if a werewolf is slain while a wolf, then he is slain. But if he is slain as a man, then his half-soul will haunt his slayer forever. But haste thee, the moon nears her zenith. We came into a small moonlit glade, and the stranger stopped. Let us pause a while, said he. Nay, let us be gone, I urged. I like not this place. He laughed without sound. Why, said he, this is a fair glade, as good as a banquet hall it is, and many times have I feasted here. Ha ha ha, look ye, I will show you a dance. And he began bounding here and there, anon flinging back his head and laughing silently. Thought I, this man is mad. As he danced his weird dance, I looked about me. The trail went not on, but stopped in the glade. Come, said I, we must on. Do you not smell the rank, hairy scent that hovers about the glade? Wolves' den here. Perhaps they are about us, and are gliding upon us even now. He dropped upon all fours, found it higher than my head, and came toward me with a strange, slinking motion. That dance is called the Dance of the Wolf, said he, and my hair bristled. Keep off. I stepped back, and with a screeching that set he saw her from the bottom of the stairs. Before she saw him, she was starting down, looking back over her shoulder at some fear. She took a doubtful step, and then undid it, to raise herself and look again. He spoke, advancing toward her. What is it you see, from up there always, for I want to know. She turned and sank upon her skirts at that, and her face changed from terrified to dull. He said to gain time, what is it you see? mounting until she cowered under him i will find out now you must tell me dear she in her place refused him any help with the least stiffening of her neck in silence she let him look sure that he wouldn't see blind creature and a while he didn't see but at last he murmured oh and again oh what is it what she said just that i see you don't she challenged tell me what it is the wonder is, I didn't see it once. I never noticed it from here before. I must be wanted to it. That's the reason. The little graveyard where my people are. So small the window frames the whole of it. Not so much than a large bedroom is it. There are three stones of slate and one of marble. Broad-shouldered little slabs there in the sunlight. On the side hill. We haven't to mind those. But I understand it is not the stones but the child's mound. Don't. 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 Don't, she cried. She withdrew, shrinking from beneath his arm that rested on the banister and slid downstairs and turned on him with such a daunting look 
He said twice over before he knew himself. Can't a man speak of his own child he's lost? Not you. Oh, where is my hat? Oh, I don't need it. I must get out of here. I must get air. I don't know rightly whether any man can. Amy, don't go to someone else this time. Listen to me. I won't come down the stairs. He sat and fixed his chin between his fists. There's something I should like to ask you, dear. You don't know how to ask it. Help me then. Her fingers moved the latch for all reply. My words are nearly always an offense. I don't know how to speak of anything so as to please you. But I might be taught. I should suppose. I can't say I see how. A man must partly give up being a man with women folk. We could have some arrangement by which I'd blind myself to keep hands off anything special you're a mind to name. Though I don't like such things twixt those that love. Two that don't love can't live together without them. But two that do can't live together with them. She moved the latch a little. Don't. Don't go. Don't carry it to someone else this time. Tell me about it. If it's something human, let me into your grief. I'm not so much, unlike other folks, as your standing there apart would make me out. Give me my chance. I do think, though, you overdo it a little. What was it brought you up to think it the thing to take your mother's loss of a first child so inconsolably? In the face of love, you'd think his memory might be satisfied. There you go sneering. I'm not, I'm not. You make me angry. I'll come down to you. God, what a woman. And it's come to this. A man can't speak of his own child that's dead. You can't because you don't know how to speak. If you had any feelings, you that dug, with your own hand, how could you? His little grave. I saw you from that very window there, making the gravel leap and leap in the air. Leap up like that, like that, and land so lightly, and roll back down the mound beside the hole. I thought, who is that man? I didn't know you. I crept down the stairs and up the stairs to look again, and I still see your spade keep lifting. Then you come in. I heard your rumbling voice out in the kitchen, and I don't know why, but I went near to see with my own eyes. You could sit there with the stains on your shoes, on the fresh earth from your own baby's grave, and talk about your everyday concerns. You had stood the spade up against the wall, outside there in the entry, for I saw it. I shall laugh the worst laugh I've ever laughed. I'm cursed. God, if I don't believe I'm cursed. I can repeat the very words you are saying. Three foggy mornings and one rainy day will rot the rest birch fence a man can build. Think of it. Talk like that at such a time. What had how long it takes a birch to rot? To do with what was in the darkened parlor, you couldn't care. The nearest friends can go with anyone to death. Come so far short, they might as well not try to go at all. No, from the time when one is sick to death, one is alone. And he dies more alone. Friends make pretense of following to the grave, but before one is in it, their minds are turned, and making the best of their way back to life and living people and things they understand. But the world's evil. I won't have grief, so if I can change it, oh, I won't, I won't. There you have it all. There you have said it all, and you feel better. You won't go now. You're crying. Close the door. The heart's gone out of it. Why keep it up, Amy? There's someone coming down the road. You, oh, you think the talk is all. I must go. Somewhere out of this house. How can I make you? If you do, she was opening the door wider. Where do you mean to go? First tell me that. I'll follow and bring you back by force. I will. 